The American Petroleum Institute, driving safety, environmental protection, and sustainability across the natural gas and oil industry through world-class standards and safety programs. Since its formation as a standard-setting organization in 1919, API has developed more than 800 standards to enhance industry operations worldwide. Find out more at api.org. Welcome to ESG Energize, where we discuss the latest developments in the environmental, social, and governance arena that are impacting the energy industry today. Here is your host, Delfina Govia. This is Delfina Govia, your busy business boss, executive, strategist, and transformational leader, whose mission on this show is to educate, engage, and energize the global community on topics of sustainability and ESG. ESG Energized audience, before we get started, I just want to send a quick shout out to the energizing leasing agents over at the luxury apartments and townhomes called Olympus at Memorial. I have a friend that lives over there, and every time I go to visit her, the welcoming that you receive when you walk into that building, into that community is phenomenal. So if anybody's looking for a place to live in the energy corridor and backs right up to Terry Hershey Park, check them out, Olympus at Memorial. Okay, let's get started today. I am not going to have a guest on the show today because I'm going to take advantage of the fact that I control my podcast. And I've been getting over the last few weeks the same question over and over again about what I'm seeing as the trends for ESG and sustainability in the marketplace. There's been a lot of news that's directly related to our beloved oil and gas industry that's come out, uh, news coming out of Shell that we saw just recently about them backing off of their hundred million dollar commitment to buy carbon offsets in their uh, goal to reach uh, a net zero status. Um, We saw a few months ago where Larry Fink, CEO of BlackRock, was speaking quite strongly against the letters ESG and what that all means. And you're always going to see news that is either pro-ESG or against ESG and how it's presented in the media, as we know, uh, is is always maybe not 100% what reality reflects. So I keep getting these questions about what I see in the market. And so since I live, eat, and breathe ESG sustainability and the energy transition, I'm going to take that opportunity to answer that here for the entire audience since I've been been getting those questions. I'm going to divide my answer to the topic in three categories. In general, number one would be in general what I'm seeing for ESG and sustainability. The second category would be what I'm calling big business, the big business of ESG and sustainability. And the, the third category is going to be what I call the swinging of the pendulum. So we'll, we'll get into that in a minute. All right, let's start with in general. The first thing I want to say is I don't care whether 
you're seeing news about companies backing away from either ESG or carbon offsets or what have you. I, I don't care. ESG is here to stay. It is not a fad. It's uh, not something that's going to go away. And while we may have varying regional, geographic regional uh, focus, foci, in with regard to sustainability and commitments towards climate change. This is a global topic, and it's not going away. And I actually think that we are going to see an acceleration of the incorporation of sustainability topics and ESG measurement uh, in, in our in our co- in the companies that we work for, the organizations that we do business, and even with within our within our own lives, and you've heard me talk about this before with other guests on the show, that I liken this a lot to how we have been through the evolution of HSE, health, safety, and environment in the oil industry. When I started off in our beloved industry more than four decades decades ago, the topic of HSE wasn't something that we talked about. And it wasn't until about 20 years ago that we really started uh, understanding the importance of HSC in our businesses. And now, here we are 20 years later, it's part of our DNA. We don't make any sorts of decisions, uh, whether it be resourcing decisions, financial decisions, operational decisions in the oil and gas industry without considering the health, safety, and environmental factors. So it's part of our DNA. It took us 20 years to get there. But I think that with sustainability, with ESG, we are going to see an acceleration of that. It's going to happen a lot quicker because of the global conversation that's occurring and also because our younger generations are passionate about this topic. So that's just in general, I see that, that it's going to, it's, it's here to stay. Um, another general observation, and this is actually kind of exciting, is the trends in innovation, uh, innovation in manufacturing in reformulating products and packaging and circularity and the research and development that is underway uh, within big firms, small firms, startups. It's really exciting within supply chains. Uh, And you're going to see, you're going to continue to see that uh, going forward. I think that that's even going to get even, even more uh, furious than it already has been. Another trend that I'm seeing in general is that there is more of an urgency to really understand it all, to make a sense of it all from the perspective of what are the implications? If I'm a business leader, what are the implications to my business? I think companies are realizing that they, they can't avoid the topic for much longer, and, and if they do, that they're going to miss out. And it's mainly to be able to respond to stakeholder demands, stakeholder questions, some from a, people are, are, are approaching it from a risk management perspective, especially reputational risk that's on the line. And then I think there are others that are waking up and, and realizing that they can potentially capitalize 
and find a competitive advantage within this entire environment, uh, within this topic. And, and of course, there's, there's those that are very uh, savvily taking advantage of any incentives that are coming f- out from our government, because as you well know, I've talked about this multiple times on the show and with, with other guests, that here in the United States, we are taking more of a carrot approach than a stick approach, which you're seeing in other parts of the world. So I think there's more of an urgency to kind of make sense of it all. And, you know, in the midst of all of that, one of the topics that's really just get very confusing to, to people is the, the alphabet soup that's associated with measurement and reporting, the standards, the frameworks, uh, industry guides, rating agencies, and it's this alphabet soup, you know, GRI, TCFD, SBTI, FIFRS and SASB, CDP, good God almighty, there's, there's just so much complexity around how you, we're supposed to measure and report, and there's still uh, questions around transparency, and are we all measuring the same and reporting the same, it's still a mess. It's still confusing. And personally, I don't see us getting to a simplification of all of it anytime soon. Um, So I I see that we're still going to have my prediction. I could be completely wrong, is that we're still going to have a tremendous uh, confusion around a lot of these things. and But companies are, are f- what's not going to take a long time is for companies to decide, okay, this is what I'm going to use and this is not what I'm not going to use and make sense for it themselves. But I don't think that we're going to have a, a globally agreed upon approach to um, how we're, we're measuring and managing and reporting. I think so we're still going to have the uh, there's still that's still going to be a battleground. And, and speaking of battlegrounds, I think that what we're going to see coming up in the near future, especially because of the presidential election that we have uh, coming up next year, that this whole ESG topic has become a political battleground. I mean, you've got the extreme left, you've got the extreme right, everybody is using this. And as, as Larry Fink, the CEO of, of BlackRock said, is that it's been weaponized. The, the, the letters ESG have been weaponized. And, you know, that's, we're going to continue to see that, um, where this is, there's, there's folks that are not going to uh, approach the topic from a proper, judicious, intelligent uh, manner but use it for, you know, whatever political uh, arguments they want to make for whatever reason. And, you know, just to be clear, when BlackRock, well, Larry Fink particularly, backed away from saying, you know, that he's, he's not going to be talking about ESG anymore, in no way, shape, or form was that CEO signaling that BlackRock is backing away from the concepts of, of ESG. They're still going to be investing in proper uh, decarbonization and, and companies pursuing social programs. They're, they're still going to be talking about and investing in, 
in those areas, they're just not going to use the words ESG. So, you know, that got kind of blown out of proportion. And again, to his point, politically weaponized in the argument. So in general, that's kind of what I'm seeing um, from for trends moving forward. Now let's talk about big business. ESG sustainability, make no doubt about it. It is big business. It is big business for big business. We've talked about uh, big companies that have made investments in this. We've talked about it on this show before. We have conglomerates like Honeywell that is tremendously invested in, in this space. Uh, energy technology companies like Siemens Energy, oil field service giant SLB are leveraging their legacy core products and capabilities to play hard in the energy transition. And I think that they are doing, uh, those three companies in particular, are doing a fantastic job of it. Uh, shout out especially to the folks at Honeywell. I got to spend two days with them uh, this past week in Chicago, where they hosted an international press tour. And this is a company, and you guys know I'm, I'm pretty critical of companies, and especially if anybody's going to be greenwashing and making a whole bunch of noise uh, out of nothing. But this is an organization that has actually embraced the topic of sustainability inside their own organization as well as creating products and services that they're, that they're delivering to other markets. Um, and the other thing that these companies are doing, you know, traditionally uh, we've seen SLB very focused on the oil and gas business, but SLB, brilliantly, you guys know the, res the respect that I have for Schlumberger and SLB, that they're, they're now branching out beyond oil and gas into other markets globally to, to be able to provide um, much needed solutions to in within the energy transition. Um, it, our friends over at Caterpillar are feeding equipment into this space. And of course, vehicle manufacturers are also seeing or investing in EVs and hydrogen fuel cells. So it's this is big business for the big businesses. They're They're really throwing their weight behind it. And I think that we're going to see some an acceleration in our ability to impact climate change based on their efforts and let's it's not it's not altruistic people uh, let's let's be honest so uh, big business is also for this is big business for startups and venture capitalists you know from AI and sensor technologies to measure manage and monitor things like emissions all the way to the fancy exciting new electric flying taxis that we are going to see at the Paris Olympics. Innovation is exploding. It's big business for the startups and the venture capitalists, and there is no lack of money being poured into this space. So it's really going to be interesting to see is who survives and, and who goes down in flames. But anyway, no pun intended with the electric flying taxis mentioned there. Uh, this is also big business for professional services. Uh, professional service companies are beefing up their capabilities and hiring like crazy. Accounting and tax advisory to help on the reporting front. The law firms are beefing up their ability to advise boards of directors as to how they need to, uh, to approach ESG and sustainability. 
And you're seeing consulting companies ramping up their ability to help advise executives on how to formulate their strategies and their approaches and incorporate ESG and sustainability throughout their organization. So big business for the professional service companies, too. And so what we're also seeing, the benefit of that, the benefit of that is for the employment market, right? Um, The job market is absolutely on fire across the board, not just for the consultants and the CPAs, but engineers are needed in droves, project managers to see some of the the infrastructure projects put in place, renewable uh, energy that's that's going in. So big, huge boom in the employment market, which, of course, is fantastic for the younger generation that's excited about this topic. They're going to have a. uh, um, opportunities in in the workforce. And of course, anybody that can make sense and decipher the alphabet soup around reporting standards and frameworks, those are folks that are, that are going to be in high demand. Uh, don't call me. I don't want to talk about it. I know how to talk about it. I don't want to talk about it. It's kind of boring. Um, I keep threatening that um, I'm going to do an entire show on deciphering the alphabet soup, but I think that I'm going to wind up... Uh, putting somebody to sleep and causing an accident if somebody's listening to the podcast uh, on their way into work or on their way home. They might just fall asleep at the wheel. I don't know. I might give in and and actually do a show on that. But anyway, okay, the final category underneath uh, the topic of what I'm seeing for trends in the market is what I'm calling the pendulum swing. And where I'm seeing the pendulum swinging is absolutely in marketing and public relations. You know, before in the past, promoting ESG policies was an easy layup if you wanted to score good press. You know, I'm a big company. I'm, you know, declaring my net zero goals. And boom, look at me. I'm in the press. And yay, let's all feel good and pat each other on the back. And now I think the companies are being far less cavalier uh, in in their their PR and putting stuff out there. They've now this does not mean this does not mean that they're backing away from diversity or climate initiatives and and thinking that it's important. They're going to continue to invest where and when they see it to be good business. They're just not going to be talking about it. I think as much as they were before. And you know this makes a lot of sense because. Businesses are are scared of the regulators like the SEC when they start paying the SEC starts paying attention to what companies claimed they were going to do and then they didn't do it. That's where the penalties are going to start coming in place. So there is going to be serious penalties, actual penalties for saying that you're going to do something and you don't actually achieve it. So I think bottom line you're not going to see the ESG efforts going away. You're just going to see fewer press releases and puff pieces on the topic. Um, On the other side of that, I think where you are going to see uh, not so much puff pieces, but you're going to see an industry speak up. I think that the oil and gas industry is finally standing up for itself. Not that, that we're out there doing puff pieces, but we're finally standing up and saying, hey, stop beating up on us and thinking that we're just the big bad oil companies that have done nothing. 
we're starting up and to we're standing up to say, hey, let's and you guys have heard me say this before uh, that in the oil and gas industry, we have spent three times more on re, on the energy transition, on renewable energy, on all of these different uh new energy opportunities, three times more than everybody else on the planet put together. So from a marketing and public relations perspective, we know that this is not our skill set in the, in, in the oil industry, but we're starting to stand up for ourselves and say, hey, wait a minute, wait a minute, we're actually doing quite a bit here. But then another pendulum swid, uh, swing that I'm seeing within our industry is that overly ambitious discussion around the energy transition and initiatives around the energy transition and renewables in the oil and gas space I and and placing too much emphasis on that I think you're starting to see that pendulum swim uh, swing back to having a more level set uh, or level mindset around these initiatives and the importance within the the core of our business. We, you saw BP earlier this year back off of some of their more ambitious climate goals. Not that they're abandoning them, uh, but they're backing off on on some of those you know more ambitious goals that they had put out there. Um, You've, you see recently in the news, uh, Suncor got a brand new CEO, and he f- came out and said, look, we're too focused on the energy transition, and we've got to get back to an oil-centered strategy, um, especially you know, given that they're, they're coming off of poor operational and financial performance, and they've had you know, several fatalities over the last decade, two in the last year. So, you know, he didn't say that they're, they're abandoning their efforts around the energy transition. They're actually doing some, some really uh, good research and development and innovation and, and investing in the space. He's just saying that we're just not going to make this as uh, our, our number one focus. We're going to get back to our core business. And you're seeing that from... The big, the big oil and gas companies that they're making sure that they uh, pay attention to what the you know what makes the money right. Investors want want to see their dividends. Um, so you know those are the trends that I'm seeing in the space. Uh, and and then the, you know, let me just wrap it up by the net. Of course, the follow up question that I get is, all right, what do you see on on the horizon? I see on the horizon small to medium-sized businesses getting more involved in this conversation. I think that they have, uh, they're being, being pushed into the conversation, but they're also starting to see, you know, just like large organizations that there's, there could be opportunities there. They're just going to need the right support to help guide them, uh, to what their strategy and their approach needs to be. So I think that you're going to start see more to see smaller and, and, and medium-sized businesses more engaged in the conversation. Then longer terms, uh, longer term, I see companies are going to start to realize 
that they rushed into making these declarations. They've rushed into innovating and trying to put these innovations in place. And they have failed to bring along the processes and the systems that will allow them to operationalize their innovations in an efficient and effective manner. It's like, let's hurry up and get some of this stuff done. But now you're going to start to see that they're going to suffer from tremendous inefficiencies and they're going to need some process reengineering, performance improvement, and, uh, you know, just simplification, standardization, and repeatable processes put in place so that these, what they've done, they're going to allow to scale. So that's what I see on the horizon for businesses. Oh, and especially in supply chain. Now, you guys have heard me talk about that before. That's my new soapbox. I'm just seeing um, too many companies that have uh, put their ESG and sustainability uh, programs in place, and they're doing it in a very siloed manner. They're, they're not... They're trying to optimize every little part and piece from the, the topic of, of ESG metrics, but they're not looking at it from a holistic perspective. And that's, not on, that's, only, that's going to take a, a rethinking of looking uh, how they look at businesses in general. I'm focused on, on supply chain, looking at it holistically and sub-optimizing the parts to optimize the whole. So that's going to be a, a rethinking of it holistically, you're going to have to, of course, align your processes to that. And then the, the last piece of that, that puzzle is going to be the, the digital platform, the information technology, the systems that are going to allow them to uh, continue to manage their businesses as efficiently as they managed them in the past. So those are my crazy rantings for today. Hopefully that answers the multitude of same question that I keep getting and over and over again. And we will catch you next time on the next episode of ESG Energized. Join us again next week on the ESG Energized podcast, a production of the Oil & Gas Global Network. To learn more, go to OGGN.com.